Welcome to another sexy, sultry evening with your hosts here of Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. My name is Kyle, of course. And I guess that makes me Jen. Thanks for joining us on this wonderful evening. If you're joining us on the podcast, welcome to another gorgeous evening with us. Sorry, it happens. (laughs) And if you're joining us on CJSW Radio 90.9 FM, well, thanks for being with us. This is Somebody Date Jen. Is that their numbers, by the way? Or are you just making up those numbers? No, it's 90.9 FM. Not that we don't all listen to campus radio. I am indeed Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. This is Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. And thank you for being with us this evening. My God, we're happy to be with you. How are you, Kyle? I'm doing good, Jen. I mean, just to fill people in, in case this is the first time you're listening to us, this is a show that's devoted all to two people in their 30s looking and trying to find love. And feeling genuinely like misery loves company. So... Join mm-hmm. us on this journey as we all find a quest to find love, then get rid of that love because it's not really serving us, <laughs> then do a period of self-discovery, then read Eat, Pray, Love for the 50th time, then go on some wild dates, then find the one, then decide that they're not the one for you, then watch a Sex in the City marathon, have some wine, and start again. It's a journey, Kyle. It is a journey. Uh, there's quite a journey of just even listening to that, <laughs> but I was, uh, I don't know if you, you share in this psychosis... This is a spiral that I found myself in many years ago. I would, I would go and buy, this is around Christmas time when I think you can find these more easily. There's like pot of gold chocolate boxes. How old you know are about? you that you're eating that? 75. Well, this here's the thing. This is the thing. This is how psychotic I am. I only like two of the chocolates in the box. So I just eat those chocolates and then throw the rest out. Well, now I have to know what they are. The nougat and the caramel. Nougat. And the caramel. You know, there has to be a company that makes just a nougat and just, and I know there's people that make just a, why I was are you craving even pot of gold, Jen. Already we're off to a booming start. I'm going to. I want to set great expectations of failure in people's minds, Jen. Well, hold a pin on some great. <laughs> I ex- only build it up better. Hold your pin on some great expectations. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, listen, it's late night. People are listening. People are listening. I'm told. I'm told. Mm-hmm. I can see people are listening. Um, you want to play with me? Not like that, Jen. No. Oh, wait, wait, stop wait, what it. do you mean? Stop it. Ready? We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun with people listening tonight. Okay. Things sure. you can say at a frat party that you can also say in the bedroom. Go. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 I'm happy to pay a cover fee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so you're just going to wear that bed sheet all day? <laughs> um, are, you're sure you're not gay? <laughs> And um, hey, so um, guys, like we're we're all going to come together, right? Never works, oh, by never the way. Works, never works. Um, you know why it never works? Because sometimes you have too high of expectations. How's that for a transition? Mm-hmm. God, I'm good at this. I love it. So for those of you who don't know, Kyle is an English major. So he's very familiar with that Charles Dickens classic, mm-hmm. Debbie Does Dickens. Uh, sorry, that that's what? not right. That's not right. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> I meant to say great expectations. You know, for people listening who use their copy to like prop the door open when it's hot <laughs> and not actually to read. Kyle, do you want to tell us the, just in, in five sentences or less the story of great expectations? Before I do that, you don't know this, Jim, probably. Not only was I an English major, I actually took a, a course all on Charles Dickens. I actually took a Charles Dickens course in university. This is why I did not get laid in university, by the way. But secondly, 
<laughs> Secondly, um, I know Great Expectations very well. It was one of the novels that we actually studied in this course. And weirdly enough, Great Expectations, one of the shorter Charles Dickens novels. One of the shorter. Which tells yeah. you something. Have you read any Charles Dickens in your life? No. Kyle, I had a oh, lot of, I had a lot of boyfriends. I was busy. No, no, Kyle, I was cool. <laughs> so no, I didn't read Charles Dickens. No, but I know you're a huge Dickens fan because I went to the Christmas Carol with you and you were like, shh, quiet, don't do that thing where you ruin it. I was like, okay. Just sit quietly. Just sit <laughs> I'm sorry, quietly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So you are throwing this at me. I'm trying to I, I'm, I'm, this is basically what uh, the very compressed plot is. You start off with a character by the name of Pip, who's a young boy, is accused of a crime, but he doesn't but he didn't commit it. Eventually goes off to be raised by this like very eccentric old lady in this dusty old house. Her name is Miss Havisham. He falls in love with this girl. She rebuffs him consistently. Flash forward to when they're all grown up. They finally meet again later on. And mm -hmm. she's like, I was mean to you growing up, but uh, through my life experience, I have opened up my heart anew. And they kind of walk holding hands off into the sunset. That's basically Great Expectations. And, and the subtext, like the moral of Great yeah. Expectations is about learning to value what's important, right? That the idea right. of affection and loyalty and conscience yeah. is morally more important than things like wealth Money and class and, like and all that. the things that are important to me um it's really a very charles dickens message by <laughs> yeah, the way of course this is something yes he came back to a lot yeah absolutely it's the idea like all dickens about self-improvement and ambition and mm -hmm. the relationships that are created on those values so let me ask you you know all that bullshit you know all that bullshit. so you know kyle <laughs> i gotta ask you do you have great expectations of yourself? Boy, Jane, you're opening up a can of worms here. <laughs> yes, of course I do. And they're all, un I, I was about to say unattainable. That's not the right word. No, it's not. I hold myself up to a higher standard than I hold other people. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I see that. How does that translate into your relationships? I hold myself to the standard of like, I should be perfect and I can forgive certain things, unless they're like total like deal breaker, red flag sort of things. I think it, when it comes into the relationship, I'm always coming into it as like, I am here to become a better person for you rather than it being the other way around. Oh, that's insightful. You're rarely mm -hmm. this insightful late, late at night. That's really interesting that you say that, that you're like, I'm in this mm -hmm. relationship to become the best person for you. And do you meet that mm -hmm. with any reciprocity? Like, do you ever have a moment where you're like, hey, you suck at this, be better? Wait, so like talking to me or talking to them? You talking to them. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten to that point yet. I think I would reach that breaking point. If I felt like I was giving all the time and not getting anything back in return, I, I know that would wear down on me. I just think in the short term, it's all about, it's all about like, how do I convince this person not to leave? What? <laughs> this is, that's, probably, that's probably what's top of mind for me. Yeah, I couldn't be further on the other side of the spectrum. I can think of a of a of a boyfriend that I had where I got them a get better soon card, not because they were sick, but because I just really wanted them to get better. <laughs> so you're coming to this relationship being like, I'm perfect. Mm -mm. So you have to become better for me. No, I'm I'm super hard on myself because and and mm -hmm. I can articulate this now in my 30s that I wish I could have done better when I was in my 20s, which was if I'm bad at something, I just quit. I just quit. I'm, this is where I'm at. Mm. This is what we learn as we become ourselves is that in the beginning, we're like, I can iterate, I can get better, I can learn, I can grow with this person. And then you just reach this moment when you really start to know yourself. And when you really start to kind of like things about yourself, where you're like, I'm failing at this, 
and I'm good at other mm-hmm. things, especially as we become good at other things, right? Like you get good at your job, you get good in your friendships, you get good kind of with yourself, you learn about yourself, you start to like yourself. And then you're like, yeah, I don't want to just constantly be failing at something. And I also have this, I don't know if it's a great thing about my character or a f- absolute fault about my character, but watching other people fail is gut wrenching to me. It's gut wrenching, mm. not physical comedy, because I find that beyond hilarious. I think that that, like, I have so much fun on that on TikTok. People who, but like, are falling and stuff. you don't share, like, Schadenfreude, the, the no. misfortune of other people. No, I have zero Schadenfreude. But it will make me, it will make me get out of a situation that I really like being in by watching someone else struggle. So I have very high expectations of myself in a relationship. I have very high expectations of a partner. But my Achilles heel is that when I sense that someone is not rising to those... I will engineer an environment where we can both get out Why? by either pushing that person out or pushing myself out. And I will often use the word defeated. Like if you hear me say in a relationship, I am defeated. It there's rarely there's rarely a golden recovery from that. It's usually like, mm-hmm. well, it's just a straight downhill from here, team. What I find so fascinating about that and getting to know you better over the last year, you very rarely let other people quit. Right. If, if they're having down, like you like to come in and be like, no, let's figure out a solution. Let's push you to the to, to push past this mental block. But you don't do that for yourself. Yeah. No, I, like I don't want to sit in a place that I'm failing. But with other people, I but I also feel like people give up too prematurely. That's the other thing right. is like or they approach it from a defeatist point of view before they get a chance to be defeated. Like, I don't know who does that more than you. I am the Eeyore of this podcast. Yeah, but this is the thing is like, well, like you'll have a great opportunity and you'll be like, oh, it's probably going to be bad. It's going to go bad. And I'm like, you haven't even, (laughs) you haven't even gotten there. Like you haven't even started. What are you talking about? So I think that, that part of it is, I am like the Peter Pan of dating where I'm like, please don't give up on, on a moment becoming a memory before it has the chance to be that. And Kyle, you're oh, a great example of that. I, I thought you meant that you were obsessed with an old man without a hand, but. Well, that too. That, I mean, obviously that too. We asked you guys, what do you think are unrealistic expectations for partners to expect of you in romantic relationships? And as always, you guys, you delivered. You went onto our website, somebodydatejenandkyle.com, saw the question of mm-hmm. the week and submitted your answers. And here's what you said. That I'll be happy and bubbly all the time. Like, sorry, who's keeping that dream alive, right? And you will never <laughs> yeah, have a bad like day. That's a Peter fourth Pan. Fourth date is like, listen, I can't keep this up. My <laughs> face hurts like, from smiling all the time. You're so not authentic. Mine says, expecting a partner's body won't change. Hair thins, extra pounds appear, wrinkles form, and joints deteriorate. That's right. So yes, we... Only 21. We all have to succumb to gravity eventually. Uh, I liked this one. It says to be shaved head to toe constantly. Like us women have enough self-care already. We're not going to spend time every day fixing my body for you to accept it. If you don't like my body Mm -hmm. in its natural state, I ain't want you. (laughs) I ain't want you. And if I choose (laughs) to remove or change anything on my body, it will be because I want to. Well, there is a very empowered person. I do have to say Mm -hmm. that like... The, the grooming regimen becomes a thing. And I think you do have to do it for you. But I, I'm like the Samantha Jones brand of person where I'm like, don't let it go. Don't let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's a difference, though, between like, I expect you to be shaving every day 
and you need to have like perfect skin versus like, listen, I'm, I'm going to shave every Saturday. Okay. I'm not going to make this a <laughs> everyday sort of thing. That's so cute. If I shaved once a week, I'd look like a Yeti. Mm-hmm. I grow a I full do, beard. So. <laughs> I'm very confident. I'd have a full mustache. I'd be like Tom Selleck. You have to realize too, like not even talking about other parts of my body. I hate shaving my face. I have such dry skin that shaving it sometimes even hurts. So I'm like, I go as long as I possibly can before I have to shave, which is like four days. But that but, is wild. <laughs> that is wild like, that you say that because I have never seen you with facial hair. Um, I'm, I have very fine hair as well, Jen, oh, and the maybe just, goldish locks of my Scottish ancestors. Maybe you just always have a mask on too when we're out in public. That, that is true. And also, um, I just wear a mask when I'm around you because Because I'm, I'm gross. Yeah, I get that. What else did we get? Patiently wait for them to make me a priority. Oh yeah. Lots of people fall into Ooh. that trope. We had a lot of submissions like that. Uh, this one, of course, to be their maid, cook, financial expert, and secretary. Uh, as partners, it's up to us to come together and divvy up tasks, talk about money together, make a plan, come up with a joint system for competing important calendar items. Oh, look at them living Com- in a fan. Competing. What yeah. What did I say? You say competing. I think both apply there, competing and completing. Yeah, I love the submission because it lives a little bit in fantasy land. It really does. Just wait until you're in the trenches of a marriage and then you're going to be like, oh, sorry, there is only one winner and you watch that motherfucker become a Thunderdome. Jen, <laughs> you, you talk that. about wait, being I pessimistic. I can't say that on the radio, so let me just take it back. This comment is so cute. This is like a little fantasy land quote. Just wait until you're in a marriage would be my would be my thought on that. And there is a winner and a loser. And let me just tell you, it gets to be like the Thunderdome pretty quick. Where two go in and one come out. I think your pessimism is showing through here, Jen. <laughs> I th- I think it is, yes, that there's a lot of fantasy around like what marriage actually means. I don't think it should be one person's task to do all of that stuff. Yeah, no, I agree in theory. I agree in, in theory. theory. And then you wait until you're five years into a relationship. And that idea of shaving every Saturday is like every January. And then you hear those beloved words that mark the end, which is, hey, if you want to clean, clean it yourself. And then it's just really just. So just like communism, it works in theory. <laughs> the, oh my God. That I, that I never. <laughs> Campus radio, everybody, (laughs) that I never want to need to talk about meaningful, deep or emotional subjects or matters and be content to stick to his endless, superficial and surface level conversation topics. Otherwise, it made him uncomfortable or he'd stonewall me. Ooh, somebody's working through something there. Listen to his uh, Marvel fan theories for so long (laughs) before. Can I just say, though, this is maybe just a me thing. If I, I would even go so far as like second date and we have not had like like a meaningful conversation where it's only been surface level, that would start to be a red flag for me. I think it's weird if it's like you've gone like on multiple dates and you've never gotten past like, oh, what do you do for work? And like, oh, what kind of movies do you like? Like you haven't asked, like, tell me about the relationship with your father or what do you think death is like? I don't know. That's just my go to question. So maybe I'm weird. What the hell? (laughs) What the I do, hell? Dan. I like to jump right into it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. This last summer, I went on a bunch of dates with a guy named Ryan, and it was a toss-up as to whether it was Ryan or Brian for like a good month. And that's where I'm at. Um, I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to. I don't. What are you talking about? Tell me about your dad. What the hell, Kyle? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. No. I don't thank like, you. No. This is thank the thing. You. I. 
I totally sympathize with this person because I can't stand service level conversations for too long. It's just like, I don't, I can't have this conversation. But if you don't longer. know if the relationship has legs, like you're going to just, what, mm -hmm. get all vulnerable and have feelings and oh God, what? Oh God. I honestly think date three should be share our traumas, share our uh, individual traumas with each other. Okay, well, I feel traumatized by this now. We did have one final <laughs> submission I want to read for you. It was mm -hmm. to always have a sexual fantasy. <laughs> no, it's entirely possible that I'm very pleased with reality and don't fantasize. And that's okay. Not to get too graphic or anything like this again on CJSW Campus Radio. You're not going to talk about trauma, are you? No, oh. I was going to say like sometimes like we we all talk about like you know your favorite sexual position and like oh my gosh like we're gonna do all these grandiose things it's like sometimes we just want to we just want to bang and get it over with you know not not in like a, a bad way but it's just like sometimes we just want to get off and yeah. it's okay to have quote unquote like vanilla sex and just get off with each it's other okay we don't to have be to task have anything more than that yeah it's okay to be task oriented we have four minutes okay we have four minutes before the kids get home let's do this okay <laughs> If you're dating someone with kids is what is in the scenario. I'm like, that where are, what is happening? That's how much that's mm -hmm. in my realm. Kyle, what's missing from this list? I mean, the, the only thing, honestly, that it, it's kind of similar to what other people have said. And I only say this as someone who does fall into like minor depressions every so often. I do think it's unrealistic for people to be happy all the time. Sometimes, as we humans have, we have the full range of emotions. Sometimes we're angry, sad jealous of other people and we have to kind of like support our significant others through those moments mine is money i thought mm -hmm. that that was really missing from this list is i think that an unrealistic expectation is that you will never have a discussion about money like you never mm -hmm. know what's in your person's checking account or how much money they have or if their credit card is maxed out or if they're rolling in it i think that that's an unrealistic thing it drives they kind of drives me crazy in relationships that we can't be more transparent about like hey is your financial situation okay because then it allows you to have different conversations you're not always like let's go out and let's do this and do you want to get tickets to this like if you know that that person has like a budget limitation or they're living within a budget or they're servicing a ton of debt it allows you to make different choices about how they can participate in getting to know you um i've been on both sides of this where i've i've dated people that are like hey listen i'm you know paying back a debt or i i just want to live more frugally and then i've been on the other side of it where i've been like hello i went to an ivy league school i have more debt than i do hairs on my head and i need someone to kind of respect that right i have these two dollars <laughs> <laughs> these are the only dollars i have exactly exactly um any personal story you want to share about relationship expectations gosh i, I think this is rough jen i mean to go back into like the dirty realm a little bit here i think again because we are both of a certain age meaning before death we <laughs> some of the relationships that i have been having here recently some of the dates that i've been going on there is this i think assumption that maybe i am more experienced than what i am oh and i have to like kind of lay it down like actually here's the deal <laughs> i may not be as experienced as what you kind of just assume I should be. So I think that's that's the biggest one is like, well, obviously, you know more or you know the same level as me when we haven't had that conversation yet. Mine is manners. Mine is manners. I've only really realized in the last few years just how much manners mean to me. Like my my dad opened the car door for my mother for 40 years. Like I just assumed that that's what men do. I'm starting to realize that is not what men do. And like, you know, 
just you no, know, being... that does mean that he is a beta cuck at this point. <laughs> so I just think I don't. Yeah, like just manners, like pulling someone's chair out, opening the door for someone, not walking through first, saying please and thank you. Like I think that is where I get s- stuck on stuff. Is is manners? I like good manners. I'm sorry to keep derailing the podcast here, Jen. I thought this was like kind of a myth people make up the stories but this legitimately happened to me the other day the very first time that someone did get mad at me for opening the door for them no way no way what yeah, happened person behind me i was like i stood there i opened up the door I was like don't open the door for me i'm like okay <gasps> and then i just went in i'm like sorry okay that's insane isn't that weird that's isn't insane. that weird i thought it was weird <laughs> that's insane that's insane see that's like that one girl that goes around and is like all women love this in bed and it like gives everybody right. a, r- a bad rap. Now there's somebody out there being like, don't open door. Kyle, let me just tell you, the momentum is on this side. Keep opening doors for people. Keep being right. charming. That's crazy. What a dick. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, let's go to the fishbowl. Yeah, yeah. I trip them. So oh, it doesn't good. matter. Good. Let's okay. go to the fishbowl. <laughs> let me just take out my keys here, Jen. Mm, <laughs> I had a fun mm. night last night. Let me tell you that. <laughs> there were some great questions that came in here this week, Jen. Let me pull out this first one. This is... You can see here, this is like an an entire essay somebody wrote. So let me jump into this fishbowl question. Okay. Sometimes I look at my relationship and think, is this it? We go home, cook, watch TV, sometimes do our own thing. Then on the weekends, we sometimes go out for dinners, movies, out with friends. I mean, I'm not complaining. I enjoy my boyfriend's company and I like spending every day with him. Obviously, the honeymoon period is gone, but I just feel like it doesn't have the same spark anymore. He doesn't buy me flowers anymore. We go to our usual restaurants instead of trying out new ones. The only occasion we make an effort for is birthdays and Christmas. Valentine's Day and anniversaries are just dull, obligatory roses, chocolate, and a dinner. Sometimes I'm wondering if I expect too much. There is a question mark at the end of that sentence. Jen, you're you're Miss uh, Hate Marriage, so let's uh, <laughs> let's deconstruct this. Doesn't the, the spark does end at some point, right? You know, we spend a ton of time. You're right. Sorry. Let me address that. You're right. At some point, the spark does end. But, you know, we spend a ton of time talking about the heavy hitters in relationships, the cheaters, the angry Mm -hmm. people, the crazy bitches. Like we spend a ton of time talking about all these Mm -hmm. stereotypes in a relationship, but we don't ever spend enough time talking about the person who is restless, the person who really Mm -hmm. struggles to settle. Because what she's really saying is I'm comfortable and that's not enough. And we never mm-hmm, tell mm-hmm. people that that's okay. If you want to spend your life chasing the spark, go ahead. That's your choice. But you make that choice and you do so consciously. Like what, I, what is happening yeah. here is she's like, she's in a settling pattern and she's not ready. And you have to honor that. You have to honor that, that piece of you that says, I'm not ready to settle. I think this is done. This relationship is done. Just because mm. it's stable doesn't mean it's the right fit for you. I, I'm very nervous for this for this submission. I'm talking like completely out of turn as I've never gotten this far into a relationship. This is actually something I fear a lot, which is I finally find a person that I love, that I want to spend, and then I get to this point of like, but is it really the person that I want to spend the entire rest of my life with? Because I can see this from two angles. Maybe the grass is greener on the other side. And I'm always going to be constantly trying to find that green grass when there is something great here with me. But also, yeah, like if it's you're feeling weird and like you want to 
like you said, chase that spark. I also don't think there's anything wrong with that. I feel so caught in between these two extremes because if you're feeling this, and it's really not all that fair to the other person that you're spending time with the boyfriend in this in this example here especially if he thinks like everything is going well like this is what he's driving towards he wants to have this regular stuff in his life yeah and you're just not feeling it i think that you have to look at the shades of gray between those two those two extremes and in that is that we we really have failed to really recognize as a society that two good people well matched for each other and loving each other can also not work out They can also not work out because they aspire to have a different level of excitement in their life. And we never spend enough time acknowledging that that's okay because we're so socially engineered that there has to be a big trauma or a violation of trust or an explosion in a relationship for the relationship to justify its end. But it's totally okay if you're like, I don't feel the spark and I want to chase the spark. Like we we talk about this in in the social space, Mm -hmm. right? Chasing the high right? We live in a society where we do that. I mean, look at me, look at this summer. I'm like bungee jumping, whitewater rafting. I'm chasing the adrenaline of it. And I don't think we talk enough about how that's okay to do that in a relationship also. And so if she's just thinking like, I'm just my, what is happening in my current life and in my current love life is that I'm just go, just getting from the next day to the next to the next. It's okay to just say, I want more. I love this person. I love me more. So I, again, I don't disagree with anything you've just said there. I guess what I fear, and maybe I'm, this is me projecting, actually, I know it's me projecting, is getting caught in this cycle of like, I like me more, I like me more, I like me more, to the point where then it's like, well, it is just me that I'm with, but that isn't satisfying me either. Yeah. So. That is the risk that you run. That is the risk mm. that you run. That is the risk that you run. Mm. But at the end of the day, you can't settle because you're worried about being alone yeah i yeah i'm anti just settling for the for the sake of settling i might just push a little bit back and just say maybe maybe open up that conversation just one conversation with the boyfriend and see if he's in the same boat but if he's not and he thinks everything is great then yeah maybe it's time to and everything can be great but great is Mm -hmm. not what you're seeking you're seeking exciting all right, here's the second thing from the fishbowl. I've been told that my expectations are too high. I tend to idealize relationships that inevitably lead to letdowns. I've ended a few otherwise loving relationships over issues such as too controlling and overbearing, dead bedroom and stonewalling, lying and disrespect. It's a huge Whoa. swath of things. Okay. Yeah. On the other hand, I look around at couples I know who have been together for years, and many of them have issues that would cause me to end a relationship, such as Lack of respect, mismatched values, emotional cheating, high drama, poor communication. So maybe there is a lot of bullshit in relationships that I should be more willing to put up with if I ever want something to last. Again, question mark at the end of that (laughs) sentence. Look how you read these questions. Okay. So like, first of all, there's a lot of like comparatives here, right? Like I have been told that my expectations are too high. Well, what do you think? Like, what are you, right. like, where are you at with this? And then the other thing is, like, you've said that the reasons why these relationships have ended, what did they say? Controlling, overbearing, stonewalling, you yeah. know. Lying like, and disrespect is a big red like flag those to are me, all, but... Like, those are all justifiable red flags. Like, I'm not ever going to be yeah. an advocate that you should just tolerate things because, like, there's, there's putting up with shit and then there's just letting go of your entire value system of what you're created and, and, and built to to be. So I think you got to balance those two things. Um, 
And I, I really don't think you should compare your circumstances to this, this other couple isms. Like I know you great. Can, you, you never can do that. That's the thing. It's like you can never compare yourself to other couples because it's two completely different people. I remember being at a wedding once with my, with my girlfriend and her and her husband have been married for a few years. And it was that, you know, quintessential friend group and we're all marrying off. And I said, you know, I just wish I could be more like you and your husband. Like, you know, me and my husband get in the car and we're like, they have this magic. They just have this magic that we don't have. It's, it's crippling. She leaned right over the table, popped the wine, poured, the, poured that wine as slowly as she could and just said, we hate each other. It's hell every day. I want out every morning. And I was just like, there you go. There you go. What you see is not always what you get. And so I think there's a lot of comparative to this question that that makes me uncomfortable. But I think the bigger thing is like, you have to know yourself. You have to know what you will and you won't tolerate. Now, expecting perfection is absolutely a fool's errand. You're going to have to make trade-offs. You're going to have to make trade-offs. There's been things in relationships that I've stuck around for a lot of years and there were little parts of them that just drove me nuts, just drove me nuts. But you have to also step back and realize there's things that you do that drives another, your other partner nuts too. And you have to just ask, are those trade-offs bigger or smaller than the love that you have for one another? And then make a decision. Right. There. Like, is it like, I hate the way they trim their nails <laughs> or, or is it like something huge yeah. where it's like, yeah, they're lying to me all the time. I think those are two very different things. Yeah. I hate the way they push me down the stairs. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Like there's what you will and won't tolerate. I would be really careful about this last statement of, uh, what does it say? Like there may be a bunch of bullshit in relationships that I should be more tolerant of. Um, you know, buyer beware to the women out there or men out there. It doesn't say what gender he dates, mm. um, who would be in a relationship with a man who's like, I think a lot of what you do is bullshit, but I'm tolerating it because I, you know, I'm learning to lower my expectations. Who wants to be in that relationship? Doesn't that sound like yeah, a barrel yeah. of fun? So here's the next question. I want to talk to my partner of eight years about my expectations. I call them out immediately when they're not being met so that he knows what makes me happy and what does not. Now I'm accused of nagging him and he's pissed about it. But my intention isn't a nag. It's to keep us on the right page. Am I in the right no <laughs> it's an amia am i the asshole yeah no yeah yes yes you are the assholes you are absolutely not in the right you are being a nag you are like nag at the christie spiro nagnu <laughs> the minister of nagriculture you are a nag this constant like you I, are gonna go on the death of denial right here no wait like i totally feel like Anyone who's like, oh, I just want to constantly pick out every little thing because I just want us to stay on a path, to stay on a path. You're like that person. Have you ever been like on vacation where you've taken a guided tour and there's the woman with the flag at the front and she's like, stay with the group, stay with the group, stay with the group, stay with the group. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm going to I'm going to lose it. I'm, I don't want to be in this group anymore. That is what it is like to be with someone who's like, let me point out every little thing because my fear of resentment, resenting you is greater than my self-awareness around creating a positive experience for you. And you know what really bugs me about questions like this? Because we've been asked questions like this, is that these people never tolerate a partner that does the same in return. It's always like, I am not nagging. I am keeping us on tap. But if someone has a single criticism of me, they're nagging. Meltdown. Me. Yeah, I'm in, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm on a one-way ticket to Meltdown City, destination unknown, baggage is plenty. And so I think, yeah, you're totally in the wrong. There's nothing wrong with giving some some feedback but jesus pick your battles 
pick your battles because by the way this this question is worded, it's absolutely everything. Like, oh, that did not make me happy. That did not make me. First of all, it's unrealistic that your partner is going to make you happy every minute of every day. They may make you may be happy at the end of every day, but you won't be happy all day every day. But this idea that like, let me just call it out. Let me just call it out. Let me just call it out. Oh my God. Can you imagine being in a relationship with that? Mm -hmm. No, I can't. Um, I think this is going to be, I I know, a kind of a wild comparison i'm going to make here but in in a previous job i did very high level training for like career development stuff and in those types of environments where feedback is encouraged and you are asked to like give both positive negative feedback what you really kind of understand and learn about is that in the corporate world let's say it's like this person wants to become a better public speaker right you can really only handle up to maybe three things at the at a time that you're quote unquote like working on Mm-hmm. You cannot do a death by a thousand cuts and say, okay, you did this wrong, 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 you did this wrong. It becomes too much and you can't have all those spinning right. plates at the same time. So in a relationship context, if it's like, you know what, a partner of mine, I'd really like you to be a better communicator. Here are some examples of what has happened in the past, the impacts they've had on me. L- let's see if we can work on that. And that's fine. I think that's good and healthy in a relationship. But yeah, calling out every single thing that you don't like or that you have a problem with is just... It's bad news. (laughs) It's a bad way to communicate and it's a bad way to try and get what you want. Yeah, you have to give people a runway to be successful. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. I love that. What else do we have in the fishbowl? Okay. Do expectations ruin... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What's so funny? Do expectations expectations ruin relationships? I'm asking because they are certainly ruining mine. (laughs) There's a lot of exclamation points. (laughs) <laughs> um, so do expectations ruin relationships jen yeah of, co- of course they can if they're so plenty just like what you said before i think the same answer applies here yeah if there's so many that you're not giving your partner a runway to be successful then yeah absolutely they're detrimental well I, yeah i mean i feel like expectations I'm, stating expectations are like toll roads you know when you travel in the mm. states and you have toll roads and yes. if you had a toll road every 13 feet you'd be like get me off this i'll walk right? Get me off this freeway. I'll just walk. And I think expectations, if you're constantly stating them, constantly trying to get people to measure up to them, constantly giving feedback of where expectations aren't being met, it's going to come apart. If you state them realistically and you state them early and you understand the difference between expectations and deal breakers, you're okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm also wondering too, if This is just a thought that popped into my head. So call me out on my bullshit here, Jen, if you think this is totally ridiculous. I almost think that there's two tiers of expectations that we can talk about. I think that there's like these overriding expectations, like you're going to treat me, you're going to treat me with respect. Like you're not going to lie to me. Like it was like, I don't know, really high ticket. Like these are things that, yes, a a functioning relationship needs to have. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's like the... The second tier, like the interpersonal, like these are the expectations for our relationship in particular to work out here, which is like, I don't know. I'm just going to use a dumb one again, but like I expect you to take out the trash on Thursday nights and you expect me to make dinner for Wednesday nights or whatever it happens to be. Like those ones that we've all kind of agreed upon to have a functioning relationship. I think that those are fine, but there's almost like two two levels that are going on here. Yeah. Like I'll go visit your parents with you, but then you have to watch an entire season of Bridgerton with me. Right. Trade-offs. Right. Trade-offs. That's what we're talking about. All right. Here's the last one here, Jen. Hashtag relationship goals are a whole thing. 
How are hashtag relationship goals not expectations? Easy, because relationship <laughs> goals can be successful or they can fail. And the fun about relationship goals is that you really get to discover who you're with when you fail. And expectations don't have a great outcome if you fail. I can think of being in a relationship where we were really striving for something and we, we couldn't do it. We couldn't pull it off. Even though we worked as a team, mm -hmm. we couldn't do it. And we learned a lot about each other and we loved each other more. And that's what goals are, is two people hand in hand striving for something that they can only reach together, that they can't reach separately, right? And an expectation is one person looking at the other person and saying, perform at this standard. That's mm -hmm. the difference. One is you come alone yeah. and the other one is we go together. I think it's beautifully said. This just feels to me like the same thing as uh, projecting yourself on another couple, right? You're you're comparing yourself to other people. Like in their situation, like this is what's working for them. That is not your relationship with the person that you were currently in. And so to do those comparisons are, I think, kind of catastrophic. And by the way, a lot of times when I see this hashtag, by the way, that pops up on like Instagram and Twitter, um, I can't remember. Can we swear on air, Jen? No. Not today. <laughs> I I say flibberty gibbet that because I do not. Uh, you say that again. <laughs> this, talk about an expectation. You ever say that again on this podcast and you, next walk. week you're going to be like, welcome to somebody date, Kyle and Kyle. Kyle. I am out. Well, regardless, I'm just saying like sometimes these relationship goals are like never in a million years would I want this to be something that I was doing with another person. But then maybe I'm the weird one. Okay. Should we go to the burning question? Yeah. Yeah. Jen, you have uh, called up something here from, and I'm sorry to say this, one of my least favorite people in the world, but uh, <laughs> this is from the Tony Robbins website. Yes. Can you believe that we have gotten this far into this podcast and never referenced Tony Robbins, I think that's like a miracle. Mm -hmm. this, I, I'm not saying this in a body shame type of way, but anytime I see him, I believe he is going to eat me. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that is shaming. That's shaming. That's never going to pass quality standards, Kyle. Anyway, Tony Robbins uh, wrote a column called uh, mm -hmm. The Danger of Expectations. And I want right. to read this one piece that he that is in this article. And I want to ask you, Kyle, what you think of it. So sure. It says prioritize appreciation over expectations. Learn to trade expectations for appreciation and your entire relationship and your world will change. Instead of focusing on the negative, make a point to value your partner's positive qualities. This will take you much further in your relationship. They may not have folded the towels the way you wanted them to, but at least they made an effort to do their fair share by putting the laundry away. And maybe they did the dishes after dinner or took the dog for a walk because you had a long day. If you pay attention, there's always something to appreciate. And wasn't that what attracted to them to you in the first place? It wasn't their towel folding abilities. It was their warmth, their kindness, or their joyful life. Kyle, do you think this advice is bullshit? Yes. <laughs> and here, I'll tell you why. Yes, this reeks so much of other, like relationship gurus or uh what's the phrase you hate the uh, the role that you hate that uh, life coach that, uh, <laughs> yeah, like life, a life coach life coaches type of thing which is like well if you think about it, like every day is a gift like everybody has it worse than you so you yourself shouldn't be feeling like sad or mad or upset by anything because you know which people just over veneer to discount your feelings yeah 
Yeah, and so I this, this is what I kind of hate. It's like, like for sure, yes. Like if you're like flipping a table every day because of something your your partner has done, maybe you're going a little bit overboard. Yeah, then you're me. But I don't think it's out of. <laughs> but, but you told me to take off my mask, Jen. Okay, so I was really upset. But I don't think it's unreasonable to be like actually you there was an expectation that this was supposed to happen and you didn't do it so what gives i don't think there's anything wrong with having that conversation yeah i also think this is totally bullshit because i think in addition to discounting your feelings and 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 how you come to process things which i think is your point i think it also doesn't take into account the old adage if you'd like it done right do it yourself. And I'll just use his example about towels. There is a specific way to fold a towel. And if you want all of your towels to look right in the closet and be folded and look like you've got your life together, then go ahead. But you just learn that you fold towels yourself, right? I don't think you need to yeah, engineer I mean, again, if that a is towel what is important to you, then yeah. Yeah, I don't think you need to engineer a t- at an environment where you're going to have conflict unnecessarily. I can't ever think of a time where I looked at a partner and I was like, here, um, come fold these towels with me because I'd like to create conflict. Like, I just know that I like it done a specific way, so I'll just do it myself. But the bigger point that they're saying is that when they do things that genuinely annoy you, you're to take that annoyance and just shove it in the same place that I guess we're supposed to put our... pack it down like a... Like yeah, a keep it in that in little spot where, where, especially for women, where we've been taught by society to keep our emotions and our opinions. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like there is a slight veneer here that deserves to be exposed where it was basically just like all of the feelings that you feel, just continue to shove those down. And we'll just figure out what happens when one day they always have to come up. You know, we all have a friend like this, Kyle, where all of mm-hmm. a sudden they'll just say, I had a blowout fight with my boyfriend over hangers or the the way the screen door doesn't track i've watched mummy dearest jen so i know about wire hangers and we're all like it's not about those things it's about all of those small grievances that you shoved down and just had to all of a sudden barf up all at the same time i just think it's it's worthwhile noting that create a different engineered environment if you don't like the way something or if you're super particular about the way something gets done. But I think I agree with that because I cannot imagine in any in any reality where I would give where I would give a care about how towels are folded. Like I really I could not care less about that type of stuff. Like that, that doesn't what sparks me joy. And that's why somebody on this somebody listening right now should date Kyle, because in a world of right. I don't care how towels are folded. Kyle is amongst the population where you could probably teach him the way in which you wanted a towel folded. And I will forget it instantly, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Don't take Kyle. I, I just, you know, there. I get that there is always moments that we need to step back and say, okay, I'm super harping on this person. And I need to step back and really realize that I also do love them. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up in the world of giving feedback Right. That we never give feed forward, which is that genuine appreciation of what a person is in the spirit of moving your relationship forward and making another person feel loved. I get that. I get that. And maybe that's the intention of what Mr. Tony Robbins wants us to believe. Mm -hmm. But I just also think that there's moments where you kind of have to just say, 
you dressed like Axl Rose on Valentine's Day and it really bugged me. Not that that's a real world example. Not that that's a real world example at all. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's just, you know. Next week, I am going to dress like Slash, just so you know. That's fine. That's fine. I'll be on a different podcast, clearly. I think we've identified that. (laughs) You're not meeting my expectations, Kyle. Uh, Well, if you want to ask your own questions on this podcast, whether you want to pose a question in the fishbowl or to answer the question of the week, you can go to our website, which is somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That is Jen with two N's. You can also follow us on social media. We are at TikTok and Twitter and Instagram at the handle somebodydate. You know, Kyle, if we're going to talk about great expectation, there's there's one mm. thing that we have to talk about. We also need to talk about Bleak House. That we It's just a, the other novel of Dickens that is super important to talk about. That's not what you want to say? No, it's like the Nerd Olympics with you every week. Okay, this is what I want to talk about. We've talked about like my expectations, your expectations. We've had fishbowl questions about people's mm-hmm. expectations. But there's like this one facet we didn't touch on. I'm just realizing now. And that's how do you deal with like a friend or a family member or an acquaintance who has incredibly high expectations? And you're like, I would never know what this feels like, Jen. I would never know what this feels like being a friend with you. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? No. Is this your way of telling me my expectations are too high? I'm not not saying that. Let's say let's put it that way. Well, welcome to the first and last episode of Somebody Date Jen and Kyle on CJSW Radio. I'm serious. What I'm saying is like we've all encountered this person. And if Kyle, if you think it's me, that's fine. You can be wrong on that. That's okay. But we've all encountered that person who's like, I'm looking for this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And you're kind of like, oh, I it. Have you ever considered that if they, if you found a person with all of that, that they might not want you? Like, haven't we, can we just be honest that we've all been in that position? I think we all are that position at some point in our lives, whether it's romantic or not. I think that there is a a part of us that always has to grapple with like, oh, I want this thing to be perfect or this idea I have in my mind needs to conform to exactly these ways for it to be like the best experience, the best person, the best relationship ever. I, I think I'm slowly dawning as we do more and more of these episodes that correct expectations need to be set very, very early in situations so that the disappointment doesn't start to like curdle itself into resentment for for other people. But I I think I understand what you mean in that I've had friends in the past who get into that thing. It's like, oh, every girl I date does this thing or all women are doing this. I'm like, maybe I'm just throwing that here. Maybe you're the problem. I don't know if every person is disappointing you in exactly the same way. I feel that that might be a sign. So are you the type of person that will really call them on it? Sounds like you are. If they have complained about it enough. Yes. I feel like I would step in and be like, listen, you've made the same complaint multiple times. Maybe there's a choice you have to make, or maybe there's an expectation you need to like push down a little bit. I also fear that I am this person all the time. You know what it is? It's like, I think my personality loves to be sad sack Kyle and like go into like my own self-pity all the time. And like, oh, I'll never be happy because I don't deserve to be happy. But it's really just a coping mechanism so that I don't try. 
Oh my gosh. This little self-therapy I'm giving to myself. I feel like that's the promo for the episode. Just that one little sound clip. And then we're like, come spend your, of all the choices you have in this city, please come spend your Friday night with this. Please support CJSW, your campus radio (laughs) and community station. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, that you have now been in an existential crisis for the last hour. How about you, though? Why why don't you talk about uh, (laughs) examples that you've seen? I have to just say that I I pride myself on really giving like earnest feedback or trying not to, you know, be someone that's, you know, not helping. But I have to mm-hmm. say that my my friend's friend, which I think is always a dangerous proposition, my friend's friend yes. was like talking about how she was single and she was looking for this type of person. And I have to say, and I sometimes when I'm just alone by myself, I replay this moment in my mind as like my own personal shame reel. She was like, oh my God, I just, I'm, I, I just, I'm, I met this guy and he's nice or whatever, but he's like not hot. And without even a thought of check of myself, I just said, yeah, but you're not. Whoa. And that had to just hang out there. And then, of course, it's when it's your friend's friend. And you got your coat and we're going for the door. Oh, Kyle, it was so bad. And I just and like the whole table stops and you're just like, well, I can never have this moment back. There's just like before this moment and then there's just after this moment. I was like, that's not what I meant. And then everything you say is worse. Like everything you say is worse after that. I'm like, what I'm saying is that like, if you're a you're a three you should date a three not that you are a three you're like a five and i'm like oh my god just let me just let me just crawl under this table and i like i like how you try to make it better Listen, I'm not calling you, you ugly. You're just sort of ugly. I, I mean, like, I, I mean I'm, you're missing my words. I don't words, mean but. that. Like, I don't mean that you're not hot. I just mean that no one will probably want you for your looks. Like, I just like just like just shovel, shovel, shovel. I'm just like, kill me, kiss, kill me now. Honestly, that's the worst. So I have to say, like, maybe like in the spirit of service, we should know. Like, you have. I think whether it's you or your friend or your friend's friend or somebody. We can come up with people who are like the expectations are too high. I think we can't close this episode or consider this this pod complete without examining those people. And if you're wondering if that's you, I've come up with a very scientific test to know if you're someone whose expectations are too high. So here's the official test. Look in the mirror. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Kyle, ouch. If you look at a photo of, of Canada's own Ryan Gosling... And your first thought is, I think his eyes are too close together. Your expectations are too high. There, that's the official test. That's how you know if which side of the shark you're on. So there you go. That's just, I know that we talk about this being an unqualified podcast, but I feel like that is very scientifically qualified advice for all of you this evening. The the Sanford Gosling test. That's right. This is the official formal YYC Sanford Gosling test. So that's our episode in Great Expectations. I think we've wrapped it up. I think we've covered it. I think we've done all the things we want to do in this podcast. We want to give good advice and prove that we're totally unqualified at the same time. Check and check. If you were stranded on a desert island with your Mm -hmm. perfect dream boat of a man Uh and you could only have one expectation, what would it be? You have to poop on the other side of the island. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to. Oh my god. <laughs> Why? What would yours be? 
I yeah. Well, what's going to top that, Kyle? That's like a great expectation. That's great expectation. I think I would have an expectation that they have to help me hunt and gather. Right. You're not just going to you build can kill yourself. a pig by yourself. You don't think. Um, not today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. How many tools do I have? How much time have I had to prepare? Um, you have flint. That is all you have. Yeah, just no, flint. I, I would expect that the hunting and gathering would be a joint community effort. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want to talk a whole. So now I have two. If you could have, I feel like Steve Martin. And if you could have two, if you could have two yeah. expectations, what would your second expectation be? I think there has to be a division of labor. If you are literally the only two people on this deserted island, A, someone needs to be accountable for shelter. Somebody needs to be accountable for food. The other thing is that if I was on the island from Survivor Season 1, if we're going to go all the way back to like 1999 or the year 2000, whenever that first season came out, and there was that many rats running around the island... I would literally kill myself because I do not think I could handle it. Oh, stop. You'd be surprised what you can handle. You'd be surprised what you can handle. They taste like chicken, apparently, but I cannot look at them. Oh, boy. What would your second thing be, Jen? Not to be hurtful. And I say this with all the love that I have in my heart. But my second thing would be, please don't make me do the Kyle questionnaire. Don't make me talk about my feelings. Don't make me talk about my traumas. Don't make me talk about like my past or my goals. Just hang out with me. Let's just keep it pretty. What do you like, feel about being stranded on an can, island though, Jan? Like, like, we just, need to figure this out. Let's just keep it to the like, if you could be any kind of a bird, what kind of bird would you be? I think that's the depth to which I would want to explore my life with this other person on an island. I'm but you're then laying underneath the stars. You're looking up and you're like, Boy, look at the vastness of space. Don't you feel like you're such an insignificant speck in the vast eons that our world has been alive? And don't you want to like delve into the depths of the human spirit and understand like why we are here and what our true purpose in life is on this deserted island filled with rats and pigs? No, I want to look up and go, hey, look at that one. It looks like a pony. We are a part of CJSW as well. So the first Wednesday of every month, I don't think we made this very clear in our last CJSW episode, Jan. The first Wednesday of every month, there are episodes are going up on CJSW radio first, and then you'll hear the uh, the podcast version on the following Friday. But uh, uh, that's what you can expect going forward here. D- Jen, are, you, you must be a fan of campus radio. Listen, listen, and all listen. The great this programs is what, this that are available on campus this is radio. In, this is what you are listening in, occurring here is the one thing you can always expect from, from somebody date Jen and Kyle is that Kyle Marshall will always over explain shit to you. And I won't. I'll be like, you're listening to CJSW radio 90.9 campus radio, Calgary. You figure out when we're on. That's your job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you can expect from me. Choose your own adventure. You See, you, Jen, believe that there is self-determination afoot. Like, everyone is uh, responsible for their own actions, their own progress in life. And I want to be a nanny state. I want to be the nanny goat who brings people along and shows them the way and gives them the tools that they need to be successful. And I just want to be like, you're listening to CJSW 90.9 radio. (laughs) If you can't figure out where we're on, just Google it. 
Like that's then the flippity jib it off. That's what I have to say to you. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it was great to be with you tonight, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening, thank you for joining us. You can find us monthly on CJSW or weekly on our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We are Jen Sanford. That guy is over explaining Kyle Marshall. This is Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, and we'll see you soon. Be safe out there. Good night. Bye. Bye.